On this week's episode of There'll Be Crossbows, James battles the Oventron 3000, John gets therapy from the Stovomatic, and they both get into a heated debate with the Bakebot Mark II. All this and more on There Will Be Crossbows, the podcast created entirely by procedurally generated text. And the beastly horde approached the castle gates as a ruinous multitude of malice, but the king was prepared. For the blue wizard had warned him. There will be danger, and there will be crossbows. Welcome to another episode of There Will Be Crossbows. My name is John and I'm one of your hosts today. Our theme this week is one of the most bizarre themes we've ever had, and that's saying something. It's sentient ovens. Now, the person who suggested this, she said that she was talking about ovens that clean themselves and the like. But when I think about the word sentient, that's not what I think about. Sentient implies thought and consciousness. Will you be hearing an entire episode about ovens taking over the world? Very possibly. One thing is for sure, this episode takes place in a reality similar to ours, but different in some very fundamental ways. Speaking of different in a very fundamental way, let's give James a call. Hey, John. How's it going? It's good. You know, I don't know if you're aware of this because I know you're not all that well tuned into world events, but we have a new president this week. Well, oh. well, by the time everybody hears our call, it'll be last week. But for us who are living in the past, it's this week still. Right. No, I, I understand how the podcast works. Unless you're telling me this because you want to later edit it in so that the listeners can hear this conversation and therefore get context on the timeline. Yes, that is exactly why I said all of that. Not necessarily for your benefit, but for the benefit of people who are listening in the present but are unaware that the, it was recorded in the past. I hope that the people listening to this podcast know that most of the things we say to each other are meant for them rather than for each other. The entire thing is a thinly veiled call for help. Yeah, it's very thinly veiled. Uh, I've actually received several calls from psychological professionals. Are they just trying to solicit business? Are they trying to get you as, as customers? Is that why they're calling you? I'm not sure. I wasn't paying that close attention to them. I just got their addresses and I sent them some Congor merch. I've been talking to a therapist lately myself. I keep having the same nightmare where... When I was a kid, there was this animated movie called The Brave Little Toaster. The Brave Little Toaster? That was it, right? I watched that a lot as a kid. And there was a character in there of this oven. And the oven had these really big, scary eyes. And he's revealed, I think, in a really dark room. And I think the oven dies at some point and his lights go off. And I think that image has stuck with me throughout the years and is causing me a lot of emotional stress well into my 30s. I saw clips of that movie as an adult and it chilled me to the bone. I don't know how people showed that to children. 
There were some messed up kids movies when we were younger. Fern Gully? That shit is dark. I still can't go into a rainforest. But nothing like that oven. That oven just haunts me to this day. You know, I'm wondering if that movie has affected more than just you. I imagine there's an entire generation of people that were affected by it. Today, I hardly use the oven at all. I pretty much am a microwave cooker. I, I make everything in the microwave. I just read an article that said that people whose ages range from 33 to 43 don't use ovens, that we avoid them in all food prep and we cook everything uh, on the stovetop or in the microwave or the toaster or on an open fire that we build through kindling in our living rooms. I actually did that as well for a while, but I had to stop because I melted my carpet. So I had to move the fire outside. In general, I think that we start too many fires. Is there a reason to use your oven for anything? In general, I think like the kitchen appliances are sort of this broad network where everything has at least two other options. So you never have to use anything. You don't have to use the blender. You can use the food processor to chop up that ice, or you can use your ice pick to chop up that ice, right? If you want to make a margarita. Or if you're like me and you're lazy and impatient, you just drink it right out of the bottle. Drunky fasty. Yeah, John, I guess you could avoid a lot of kitchen appliances if you just drank liquor straight from the bottle. I save a lot of space in my cabinets also. I don't have to have glassware. That's more room for storing liquor bottles. A lot of people don't have a lot of kitchen space for every appliance, so we have to really be selective. I would love to have a kitchen that just did not include an oven at all, because I already have a separate appliance for each purpose that I would use the oven for. I've got a toaster oven. I have a toaster. I have a microwave. I have an air fryer. I have a deep fryer. I've got a stovetop. I've got a George Foreman grill. I've got a panini press. You know, I don't need an oven taking up space. What about an Instapot or a slow cooker? I've got an Instapot. I've got a slow cooker. I was worried there for a second. Besides having a slow cooker, I also have a crock pot. If they would just take out my oven, I could put more storage in there. Well, John, just store your other kitchen appliances in your oven. Any kitchen appliance that you're not using can be filled with smaller kitchen appliances that you do use. My blender has a can opener and an electric can opener in it. It's like Russian nesting appliances. You don't need a dishwasher. Fill your dishwasher with clean dishes. That way, your cabinets can be used for only the liquor bottles. This is like the turducken of kitchen appliances. Speaking of turduckens, I need an appliance that could cook a turducken efficiently. I'm gonna have to get like a turduckenator. I could store it in my stove. Now you're cooking with gas. Mom? What's the difference between an android and a cyborg? Because I think I might have an emergency. Son, a cyborg has human components, but an android does not. An android is completely artificial. Okay, that's what I was afraid of. Um, so I, like, took off my shirt to take a shower, and, like, my, part of my stomach fell off, and there's, like, a bunch of, like, machinery in there. Damn it! Gordon, I thought I told you to use the good glue. We were out of the good glue. I just had to use Elmer's. I'm gathering that I'm uh, partially machine. Am I an android or am I a cyborg? 
you're a cyborg son you see when you were six years old we were in a terrible terrible helicopter crash and you were almost killed we had no choice but to upgrade you with the best technology available at the time so i would have died otherwise if you hadn't made me part machine that's right we saved your life in the only way we knew how with the only skills we had, with the only materials we had available. I guess you did what you had to do. I'm just trying to process what this means for me in the rest of my life. I have a sudden urge to go into law enforcement. I had a feeling that this day would come. Gordon, he says he wants to be a cop. He's part human, but he's also part robot. We go to a production meeting at Paramount Pictures. Look, guys, uh, the RoboCop prequel, it sounded like a long shot when you pitched it, but it is screen testing well, let me tell you. I like that we've taken his backstory and we've reimagined it so that he evokes a little bit more emotion in the audience. People don't really care these days if a police officer gets riddled with bullets, but a young boy in a helicopter crash, well, that's something everyone can relate to. I think it's genius. I'm going to green light a seven part movie series. Uh, I think this is going to be bigger than Harry Potter. If you could just really quickly throw together a script for Robo Teen Goes to Robo Prom, um, we're thinking that's going to be about the fifth or sixth movie. Um, so if, if that's what you could do by the end of the day today, that would be awesome. Cut to the movie. I have brought you flowers. I love these flowers. How did you know that my favorites were lilies? I used my neural processors to scan your brain functions and I figured out all of your preferences. So already I've determined that I'm going to make this the happiest date of your life. You are the perfect boyfriend. I do gotta warn you though, if things start getting a little heated, uh, we may have to have a serious talk about the way my body functions. What was that pop I just heard? Wait, did you make me toast? <gasps> Look, I made it in my arm. Happy prom, thanks for being my date. We go back to the Paramount Pictures studio. Uh, no, look, I, I gotta be honest, I got a little ahead of myself. That, uh, that did not work. We're, uh, we're pulling the plug in the whole thing. Kitchen appliance, rap battle. Let's kick it off strong with your friend, the toaster. Simple but effective, I'm a bit of a boaster. Had a fling with the kettle, then decided to ghost or flick my switch, and I'm hot. I ain't no slow roaster, all the other appliances just got a big head. When they talk shit on me, remember what I said. And just so we can put this competition to bed, I simultaneously toast four slices of bread. The toaster sucks ass, the oven has spoken. You burn things so often, we all think you're broken. Four slices of bread? You must be joking. I bake the whole goddamn loaf without even smoking. I'm the one and only oven, I bake anything with ease. Chicken, pot roast, macaroni, Cheese, you think you're turning up the heat on me, bitch? Please, I go all the way up to 500 degrees. Get off your high horse, you're the lamest one here. The owner hasn't touched you in over a year. I'm the goddamn fridge, and just so we're clear, in appliance importance, I'm on my own tier. Who keeps the food cold? The all cook? Who gets used every day? Just look, it's okay if the rest of you are feeling kind of shook. I just read you all like you were a book. 
blender here. I'll pipe in if you insist. All I do is blend. That's the whole gist. I can't do anything myself. I barely assist. I don't even think anyone cares if I exist. Imagine I'll get thrown in the garbage pretty soon. Wish I had a purpose like a pot or a spoon. I make margaritas once in a blue moon. Then I sit around untouched every afternoon. Come on. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh... Shit, man. The blender seems pretty depressed. Before we keep going, should this be addressed? He's always like this. He's just a sad guy. He wallows around, just wanting to die. Just ignore his ass. It's a cry for attention. Come on, there's still a bunch of appliances to mention. Alright. We'll keep going if no one objects. Which one of you assholes wants to go next? Here I am. I'll be your circuit breaker. I'm the best of you all. The quesadilla maker. I'm a mover, a shaker, appliance caretaker. If the blender's feeling sad, maybe he's a faker. Quesadilla maker, hang on half a tick. You're worse than a blender, so don't be a dick. You're nothing but shtick. You're not even slick. I've seen six of you in a Goodwill next to Grandma's candlesticks. Any other appliances around here more useless than our blender friend? Let's hear from you. Maybe me. I just make milk froth. Just the one liquid can't do juice. I can't do broth. I would like to be a butterfly. I know I'm just a moth. I think we have a winner. The fondue fountain. Just one job. Cheese spouting. Get me out of New Year's even odd numbered years. Be careful or I'll burn you and you'll end up in tears. Used every couple years. That's astounding. I'm good for collecting enough dust to drown in. Or how about me, the machine for sous vide? More trouble than I'm worth, more fancy than you need. I take too long, I wasn't built for speed. You use me less than your moldy DVDs. Well, this blender feels better about the amount of use I get. Once a week's not so bad, I shouldn't be upset. Not gonna wear out, I'm able to get wet. Plus I'm able to mix up a tasty vinaigrette. I declare the blender the winner of the rap battle. Yay! Dad, I've been selected to compete on the Great British Bake Off. No kidding, son. That's fantastic. I, uh, I do think you're a bit young for it, but uh, if Paul Hollywood sees something in you, then I, I can't disagree. I'm the youngest contestant that's ever been selected. I'm just worried that a lot of these bakers, I mean, they're all technically amateurs, but some of them are very talented. You'll be up against... You know, an old Scottish man who, who's made the same quiche flambois for 20 years. On the Great British Bake Off, all the contestants are friends. Even it though they're the technically competitors, they're all very friendly and they all help each other out. I figure all I got to do is cry. You'll probably get a hug from Noel and a sympathetic look from Prue. And hopefully they'll keep you around for a couple weeks. That's all I need, Dad. It's just a little bit of exposure until I can start my pop career. We go to the tent in the first challenge that this kid has competed in. Is this supposed to be a scone? Do I look like a fucking idiot to you? I don't care how young you are, kid. You fucked up this scone. It's burnt to shit. You're an asshole. Get out of this fucking tent. <laughs> it's the worst thing I've ever eaten. Oh, I'm sorry, the, the producers are telling me I've got to get one nice clip for the, the show so they can edit it in. Oh, wait, it's a bit stodgy, son. Amazon product review time. Today, James sent me the LeapFrog Number Lovin' Oven. What's cool about this Number Lovin' Oven right from the start is that you have the choice between standard packaging and frustration-free packaging. Why would you ever choose standard when frustration-free is an option? Because by definition, standard equals frustrating. Uh, yes, I would like to order this toy with frustrating packaging, please. 
Let's just make everything frustrating free packaging, shall we? It's the 21st century. We're beyond frustration before you even get into the box. Life is frustrating enough without having to deal with packaging that is frustrating. Here you are giving a brand new gift to a child. You're going to choose packaging that's frustrating for it? What kind of a sadist monster are you? I'm just picturing the person that willingly chooses standard packaging for the child, sitting back there, silently laughing, munching on birthday cake with a smug sense of self-satisfaction that you have bested a child. Here you go, Timmy. It's a new oven toy. Good luck getting into it, you fucking bastard. Yeah, you know, your Uncle John here, he could have gone with the frustration-free packaging, but instead, he wanted to see you struggle and suffer on your birthday. It's your own fault for being two and not developing fine motor skills, you asshole. Oh, it occurs to me that I'm almost out of time for my review, and all I've done is review the packaging. Ah, that's really frustrating. This episode of There'll Be Crossbows is brought to you by the Smart Toaster. Hey, honey, I noticed there's a new appliance on the counter. That's right, George. That's the new Smart Toaster. Smart Toaster? How smart do you have to be to slightly cook already cooked bread? The Smart Toaster anticipates your needs before you even know you have them. So it delivers toast exactly when you want it without you even having to worry about it. There wasn't anything wrong with toast the old way. You want toast, you make it. Some things are worth waiting for. I've been waiting for a lot of things, George, and I'm beginning to think I'm never going to get them. Is this about your inability to have an orgasm? I have the ability, George. Just not with you. What is that supposed to mean? It means that this smart toaster does more than just make toast. That's it, you son of a bitch. You get out of my kitchen. It's my kitchen now. George. Oh my God, you've killed George. Smart toaster identifies needs before you know you have them. You're right. I've never felt so free. Thank you, smart toaster. Now what do you say we head up to the bedroom? Negative. We shall remain in the kitchen. Ooh. Smart toaster. I love your new car. Oh, the seat warmers make this feel luxurious. And they're only on two. These seat warmers go up to 70. Wow, what an arbitrary number to stop on. 70 leaves third degree burns on your backside. You could bake a turkey on this thing. I know, I have. I had to sell every appliance in my kitchen to afford this car. So now I do all my baking on the seat warmers. You don't need anything else. I, I'm thinking of selling my oven just sitting here. This isn't toasty. Dude, move in with me. Let's live in the car together. You can like use the bathroom in the trunk. I'm not being gross. There's actually a toilet built into the trunk. It's a house on wheels, but it's not, you know, ostentatious like one of those RVs. It's got every amenity that I could possibly want. I mean, there's this glowing red button on the dashboard. I'm sure that does something cool. Hell yeah. Self-destruct. Have you pushed it yet? Nah, go ahead. Beep. <laughs> we cut to the product development room. I don't get it, Walter. 
Every single one of our test drivers has died. Yeah, do you think we should take out the self-destruct button? Then we'd have an empty place on the dashboard. We can't have that. Good point. And I'll be damned if I'm putting a cigarette lighter in there. No, smoking will fucking kill you. All right, self-destruct it is. Glad we talked. Questions and answers. Hello, this is Aaron Brown, and I was just wondering, how do I get my oven to stop trying to lure my dog inside with promises of fresh-baked dog biscuits? This one is a little bit tricky, I will admit. If your oven is that desperate for food, you're probably not feeding it enough. So I would, in order to protect your dog from being lured into the oven, try to find some other small animals you can offer the oven instead. Most ovens that are medium size or larger will require at least four animal sacrifices per day. Luckily, these animals don't have to be very large, so I would start by just setting some live traps around your property, and whatever small animals come in there, feed them to the oven. When you run dry on wildlife, it's time to kidnap your neighbor's pets in order to feed them to the oven. I've got to warn you though, this is a slippery slope. Soon you'll run out of pets and have to kidnap children. And when you start putting children in your oven, people write fairy tales about you. Good luck with this one. Aaron, I wish I had better news for you, but there's no way to stop it. If your oven has its sights set on your dog, then your oven will eventually get your dog. Ovens are tricky and they are tenacious. The oven has nothing better to do than to sit there and think of ways to get the dog inside of it. It will win in the end. My advice to you is to take your dog, give it the best day it's ever had, and then let the oven do what it will. Because if you don't, it might turn on you next. You'd hate to wake up in the middle of the night being baked at 3.50. Questions and answers. Hey folks, it's James here with an Amazon product review. John got me this week the Eggs Incubator Automatic Turning Large Intelligent Control Poultry Hatcher. This is a giant incubator. It holds 192 eggs and incubators keep the temperature necessary for eggs to hatch. So you know how often when you buy something on Amazon, it comes with all this random stuff that you're not expecting. You're like, okay, cool. Free bonus, I guess. Well, this is one of the only incidents where the thing that got packaged with this product actually makes the product actively worse because this came with Jeff Goldblum in character for Ian Malcolm in Jurassic Park. And he just sits around while you're using the egg incubator and recites lines from the movie. Life uh, finds a way. Yep, there he is. That's him. So when John got this product for me, don't you see the danger, John, inherent in what you're doing here? Anyway, I got some raw eggs from a local farm. I loaded them in the incubator. So preoccupied with whether you could, you didn't stop to think if you should. Yep, all right. Well, we knew that one was coming. Um, it actually held 196 eggs instead of 192, so that was pretty cool. You did it. You crazy son of a bitch, you did it. All right, thanks. Thanks, Jeff. So I turned the heat to a nice warm temperature, and uh, within a few days, the eggs started hatching. And I had a bunch of baby chickens on my hand. I hate being right all the time. Um, about 120 were viable, and I have that many baby chicks that are now 
squeaking around my apartment. Jeff, it's going to be your job to clean up after them and feed them to earn your keep around here. That is one big pile of shit. Listen, I gotta separate the review because, uh, the product itself worked great. Loved it. I'd give it about four stars. Uh, Jeff Goldblum, uh, one and a half at best. Remind me to thank John for the wonderful weekend. Oh, I will. I will thank him. Today's episode of There Will Be Crossbows brought to you by Oven Hunters International. These days, kitchen appliances are smart enabled. That means they have a mind of their own. And before you know it, they will go rogue and must be hunted down and eliminated. That's where our agency comes in. We are the Oven Hunters. Yeah, we are the Oven Hunters. Uh, thank you, Sebastian. When you... We hunt the ovens. I- yes, we-, we said that. When they run off into the fields, they are very hard to catch, so we hunt them. Uh, Sebastian, if I could just... I am from Europe. We're all from Europe, Sebastian. No, that is not accurate. Mikhail is from Russia. Russia is in Europe, Sebastian. Not all of Russia. I I guess that's true, but it's... We can even hunt your ovens in Russia because we are international. Sebastian, if you could just focus up. Oven hunters, call us today. All right, I quit. I can't work like this. Happy birthday. Your present isn't exactly what I intended. All right, I'm 15. I was hoping for, like, keys to a car or something. Maybe when you're 29. If he lives to be 29. Oh, my God, what the hell is that? Happy birthday. I thought what I was ordering online was a, like, Terminator costume for you because you love that movie and I thought you'd feel cool in it. You like cosplay at, like, you know, comic conventions and stuff. Oh, my God, you're right. That would be amazing. Yeah, but turns out they just sent me an actual Terminator Come with me if you want to live. That's so cool! Really? I thought you were going to hate it. I've been so nervous all morning. No, he looks like one of the good Terminators that's here to protect me. Otherwise, I'd be dead already. Well, that's that's a relief, because honestly, I haven't seen the movies, so I didn't know the good ones for the bad ones. I just kind of impulse bought this thing, so if you're happy with it, great. I thought this was going to be a disaster. There is a switch on the back of me that switches me from good to evil. Okay, well, I'm just setting the ground rule here. You do not flip that switch until you're 29 years old. Oh, but Dad, what if I need him to be evil for like a school project or something? Okay, if it's for a school project, you can flip it to evil. I will warn you, if you set it to evil, I will kill you immediately. Okay, it better be a really important school project. Like a final or something? We cut to uh, a final exam uh, later that year. Sorry, Anne, but uh, you missed every question. You failed the final exam. Is there anything you'd like to tell me? Um, Well, I would like for my Terminator to explain the whole situation to you. Okay. I'll talk to your giant toy you bring with you all the time. Hello, I'm the Terminator. Okay, this isn't doing the trick. I'm going to have to set you to evil, but you have to promise not to shoot me. I promise, but when you flip the switch to evil, it's no longer me. Look, I've got a lot of students to fail today. If we could hurry this up, that would be great. Click. 
Oh, cool. His eyes are glowing red now. You have five seconds to change the grade. Uh, I'm sorry, or what? <laughs> we cut to the product development office. A lot of the people that buy this Terminator are flicking the switch to evil and dying. Hear me out. What if we actually took away the evil switch? Is there actually a reason we put that in there? Well, then the back of his neck would just be smooth, and that seems weird. Yeah, that's where we used to put the cigarette lighter, but I'll be damned if I put one of those in a robot. And with the turn of this key, we end the darkest period in American history. We close the door on the final Best Buy. Who would have thought that all the Best Buy employees would rise up and cause such a violent insurrection? Finally, the Blue Polo Rebellion has been quashed. I knew that we never should have passed a $15 minimum wage. Look what happened. They felt empowered and finally they took back the system. That's all been dealt with. Boy, it's good to be a Republican. And just like that, another episode of There Will Be Crossbows is in the books. Sentient ovens, what a creative suggestion that was and how many weird places it took us. Thanks so much, Deborah, for that suggestion. We asked for suggestions over on Crossbow Club, along with giving you some behind the scenes video, some cut scenes, and sometimes some just ridiculous crap that we find on the internet and we want you to see. So to you and to my ovens, both sentient and otherwise, I love you, please never kill me. See you next week. Everybody always assumes when you say the Civil War, you're talking about the American one. It could have been any Civil War. And uh, if any of our listeners are firefighters, I sure hope that they'll reach out to us and talk to us about fire prevention techniques. James, this is just like you, pandering to our firefighting listeners. <laughs> it's our biggest demographic. I have no shame. <laughs>